This is Be Hoop Travels, the podcast. Good morning. Well, it's morning where I am. It's about 10 a.m. or maybe actually 10.15 here in Los Angeles. It's one of those rare overcast days. Um, Well, I shouldn't say that. Sometimes in the morning, especially over here by the water, uh, you get this fog and then the fog will burn off and then around noon, the sun will be out. So I expect the noon. Um, in fact, I'm actually demanding that the sun come out soon, uh, expeditiously. Um, I have been away from a while, for a while, excuse me. Um, and you may hear, I'm going to turn it down. I have my laptop in front of me, so... You may have heard some emails coming in, but yeah, I've been, I've been a busy boy, um, per, per normal, um, doing, you know, I have to, I have to preface it by saying I'm, I'm a busy, I'm a busy boy, but I'm doing the things that I want to do. And you all have been with me on my journey to get my master's in fine arts in fiction and screenwriting, which I'm having a blast. I'm learning so much. It's 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 just been perfect. Um, it hasn't been easy. Um, it is. There there are a lot of things to learn. I, I don't know another way to put it. And then also, you have to deal with feedback and criticism, and and people maybe telling you that they don't get what you wrote or they don't like what you wrote and learning to be okay with what people don't like. I will say for me, I've had success in that regard. I've struggled with screenwriting, but I think I've gotten to a place in screenwriting where things are starting to meet a professional standard. And I'm very proud about that because I was committed to get to that to that point. And I had zero screenwriting experience. Fiction writing, you know, I had taken some classes and I've been I've been writing fiction, to be perfectly honest, since the fifth grade. Yes, since the fifth grade, I would get permission from my fifth grade teacher, Miss Goodrich at C.D. Landau Elementary in Friendswood, Texas. She'd give me permission to I'd write stories and then I would read the stories to the class. And I, I may have mentioned this before on a previous podcast. I'm not entirely sure. But I would read my stories to the class. And what I would do to keep people interested, I would include students. Um, I would use characters in the stories, but there would be students. So it would be like my classmates were in the story. So they would all be listening to hear how I imagined them. I don't remember if I was able to include, I mean, these weren't very long stories. And actually a friend of mine at the time, my fifth grade buddy, who I will credit with um, triggering the writer in me in the fifth grade. I used to love to read for pleasure as a child. But around fifth grade, I met a kid named Mitch he was a strange guy. They had just moved here um, to Texas from California. 
they didn't have a TV in their house. He listened. This is like an 11th grade boy. It's 11th year old, sorry, 11 year old boy. He would listen to classical music. He was just, you know, Beethoven, Bach, you know, all of us were listening to like, you know, 80s hip hop and rock and, you know, whatever was popular, whatever was on MTV at the time. Um, but he didn't, it was almost like he was from another planet. He didn't really know anything about <clears throat> modern music. So anyway, he would write, he would write. So they would spend a lot of time in that house reading and writing and apparently gardening. And he was very zany. Um, he was just a bizarre, he was very loud. It was kind of almost obnoxiously loud and he would make mean jokes about people and he was you know completely pleased with the ingenuity of these jokes um that he and i don't even know if some of the kids understood that they he was making fun of them but i knew he was making fun of them and he enjoyed it but he was only i only went to school with him for a year and I believe they moved to New Hampshire which I could totally they seem like people that would live in Vermont or New Hampshire or something like that but anyway the the writing has been going well I have a couple of projects that I'm trying to have ready so when the strike is over for those of you who don't know, there's the writer's strike, the director's strike, everybody's striking. Um, it d won't really affect the literary stuff that I plan to do, but it, the screenwriting, obviously, um, I think there are some exceptions. I mean, the, uh, most productions are shut down in the U.S., but I think there's some exceptions about indie, um, indie studios or indie, indie productions, if you will that are still going on but i've heard people like viola davis who was supposed to work on this independent project this really high profile project this really big deal independent project and she ended up turning it down to show her solidarity to the other actors even though it was completely sort of permissible she wasn't in violation of her sag obligations so anywho that's going i'm working i'm you know not podcasting as much but you know it's just not enough time in the day to do all the things that we want but i i felt like too much time had passed um and and i needed to say something uh with respect to travel where where have we been we just got back from vegas about a week ago hung out in vegas saw saw the queen saw the queen it was a, you know, auspicious occasion uh, seeing Beyonce. I've seen her in concert before, um, but it had been many, many, many years ago. And we uh, had a great time. We love Vegas. We decided that we my wife and I both decided that Vegas is our kind of town. Um, I wasn't I was kind of on the fence. It's probably like my third or fourth time going to Vegas, but I get it right. I understand you go to Vegas for a specific thing, right? And 
it's it's I would describe it as re a, <laughs> relaxation, but it also feels like an adrenaline rush. You know, you you feel inclined to go and to do the next thing and to you know there's there's a great restaurant scene. You know, if you've never been to Vegas or if you've been to Vegas and didn't avail yourself to the restaurant scene, there are a lot of high high end fine dining places, of course. Um, but there are a number of other places that are casual dining and and have don't have quite as high as a price point. But they're there. I mean, literally everything's there. There's just so much to do. And I don't gamble. I don't I didn't spend one cent on gambling. I I don't really gamble like that. Uh, some people do. And that's fine. That wasn't that wasn't attack to the folks that gamble. I just don't. Look, I, I can't I can't be out here wasting money like that. Um, or or maybe there's another way to say it. I'm just not that good at it. So if if and, and, and the reason the reason that I feel that way is because I know that I would probably lose money because every time I've tried, you know, I end up losing money. So anyway. Yeah, so I'm not gambling. I'm not going there to gamble. But I feel like if if you're bored there, then you might want to ask yourself um, if you have, you know, you might want to check to see if you have a pulse and to see that you're alive. But it's, 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 I feel like there's something to do for everybody. You know, there are a number of shows, um, you know, you know, Beyonce isn't in residency there, but I think Adele and Usher, um, I mean, there are a number of people and there are a number of people that come there and do sort of like limited engagements. Uh, some of your favorite, favorite artists eventually mosey on to Vegas to do a show or two. And it's a perfect place to, I think, to go to a concert and spend a weekend um, just just to hang out. And then not to mention there are things to do outside of Vegas. There there mountain excursions, uh, Red Rock Canyon, there's, you know, outlet shopping, there's an art district, there are museums. Uh, I'm, 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 we're, we're kind of fascinated by the old Vegas, um, which there, there's not much of the old Vegas left. Um, there is a part of town, which I believe is the downtown area that has more of the older casinos, but I, I like Learn, I, you know, I, we're we're casino fans over here. So, um, and if you've watched Casino, then you you would understand why our interest in Old Vegas would would be peaked. So anyway, yeah. So we went to Vegas a couple weeks ago, and then for Stephanie's birthday, we went to Cabo. I should do. I should totally do a podcast on Cabo. Love, love, love Cabo. It was our first time going to Cabo. It's it's really the the ideal getaway for people that live in California, particularly in L.A. It's just a two hour flight, just you know, due south of L.A. And it's gorgeous. I I really struggle to put. I, I've seen my number of beaches in tropical places, and I don't think we can call the Baja Peninsula. Uh, tropical but gorgeous the the waters the waters gorgeous the the coast you know it's a rugged rocky 
almost similar. There are definitely parts that are similar to what you would see in the Amalfi Coast in Italy. To give you some sort of context, to give you some basis of comparison. Um, but yeah, and we had an incredible hotel. Uh, shout out to the Solas. I, I recommend to con- I recommend considering the Solas. It is it is a bit pricey, but I think it's worth it. And the the food options, the, the real the real issue I have with, and I don't really have an issue by the way because it's you know a fabulous property, but the the food the cost for food is almost exorbitant. So just bring your wallet, bring your wallet when you go, bring your bring your money when you go because they they're, they're going to take it for sure. Uh, but yeah, fantastic experience. We were there for about five days. I can't wait to go back. Um, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. I, I I love the kind of relaxation that it offered. And it's also a place where people go to party. And I just, I, and I'm bringing that up because, you know, I, I'm retired. I, I mean, I, I don't even think I like partied when... I was a younger person, but we we don't do that bar stuff and club stuff. And that's fine if you do. And if you're a young person, you should, you know, you should be out there. But for me, uh, what we do, in fact, we went to a restaurant that was, let's call it a club that served food. It's not really a restaurant. They kind of trick you into thinking that it's a restaurant. No, it's a club. It's a club that serves food. Uh, for by the way, I actually saw children. <laughs> there were children. They were asleep. I don't know how they were asleep in this place. It was too loud. We we show up and we were out. We were calling an Uber, probably canceled the reservation, and we were out just because it was too damn loud. I couldn't even think in there. I know that I sound I sound old, <laughs> but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. But I, I didn't feel like it was uh, we did, we just couldn't see ourselves having a meal. And part part of having a good meal is the conversation. Right. And if it's too loud to talk or to think, then then you can't do that. So so count me out. Count me out. I remember when we were leaving, there was a young guy, this, I presume, a young American guy that was standing beside me. And I was explaining to the host why we were leaving. And you should have seen the, like, look of, I'm not sure if it was disgust or shock or surprise. Or perhaps it was all of those things. But he, he gave me this look and just kind of looking like, what, what? Like, I was, I, it was blasphemous. Like, I had made a blasphemous statement. <laughs> Um, yeah, Cabo, all of that, we loved it, can't wait to go back. Maybe I'll mention on the podcast, we had this experience where we encountered uh, some internet celebrities, if you will, and they weren't particularly pleasant, but maybe that's just sort of a little anecdote that I can include in the podcast. Yeah, you'll have to wait. You have to wait for that story. And I'm not going to mention any names, so don't be expecting me to mention any names. But uh, but yeah, but I, I would briefly tell you about 
the experience and it's just just purely for you know anecdotal purposes but i also just want to highlight that you know people aren't necessarily what you think they are in real life and that was just a great example of 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 that being true so anyway this what i wanted to talk to and this is kind of like overdue like i should have been done this podcast but it was on my mind and i said okay let me just go ahead and do it and it's you know i wouldn't say that it's fresh on my mind because it was you know we went to cartagena some years ago uh maybe three three years ago but my thoughts about cartagena um are you know timeless if you will (laughs) for lack of better words it sounds like i'm talking about like jewelry or literature or something but yeah no it's it's i think my comments and the things that i want to say about it are in fact um relevant right and they might be helpful for people who are interested in going to Cartagena and or or about to go especially for those people who are about to go and I've uh which I oh I was going to mention and maybe I can talk about that before we wrap up the podcast but I've I've actually sent some clients to Cartagena in a year um if if you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm also a travel advisor. I am a travel advisor and uh, with the mother agency. I'm an independent contractor, but the mother agency that I'm affiliated with is Fora, which is a, uh, focuses on luxury travel. Uh, it's, it's new. Uh, it's been around for a couple of years, but it's, it's really uh, respected and it, it's doing really well and it's making a, a name for itself and it's in my opinion, changing the way that we think about travel agent slash travel advisor. Because we know that, you know, it was on travel with the advent of the internet, the travel agent role had uh, kind of become obsolete. You know, we didn't, you know, you could book your own stuff. You didn't need somebody to do it. Um, Now, the corporate travel folks were still around, but for personal travel, it kind, of, it kind of changed the way that we uh, thought about it. So anyway, I'll get into to Fora another time. But let, let's, let's continue with Cartagena. And, and the other thing about Cartagena is, okay, first, let me say this. Let me preface the Car- Cartagena conversation by stating that if you love Cartagena, Cartagena, that's cool. I'm not here to attack anyone's experience because people love Cartagena. It is one of the darlings, especially in the past five years, one of the darlings of the the travel agency, the travel, excuse me, that's not what I wanted to say, of the the travel advising landscape and travel journalism. There's been a lot of press and a lot of discussion and a number, uh, an increasing number of people who are going to Cartagena. And I get it, right? It's not far. And what I like about Cartagena is that the airline, 
that the price to fly there doesn't seem to be super expensive. Um, you can fly out of Miami. I'm sure there are a number of cities that you can fly out of in Florida and perhaps maybe even, I know there's a United Hub in Houston, perhaps out of Houston. Um, I know there's a route out of New York. But anyway, the prices aren't that bad. Uh, the price level for things in Colombia are favorable to American travelers. So that's, that's <clears throat> you know, not, um, it's not a financially prohibitive idea. And, 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 and it's also warm, right? It's literally on the equator, which I'll talk about that later. But I get why people like it. And I'm not here to say that I hate it. I don't. And and I don't and also I don't like the way that we talk about we we, we talk about travel, um, you know, travel influencers and particularly I, I don't like the way that we discuss it because we think about it in terms in a binary way. So a place is either good or bad, right? You either liked it or you hated it. And again, you are entitled to feel the way that you do. Um, but I, I think that's a bit reductive. I find that to be a bit reductive. And the reason is that there's places are going to have, they're going to be good things about a place and bad things about a place. When I think of travel, I think about having a new experience and becoming acquainted with that place and learning something about the culture and the people, right? I'm coming there to engage. Um, I'm not really coming there to party. And if you if you like party sort of tourism, you know, again, that's cool. You know, I keep reemphasizing that people should travel in the manner that they want to travel and they should go to the places that they want to go. You know, hell, it's your money, right? You should do what you want. But I, I want to bring some nuance to the discussion about, you know, that's that's what I'm, I feel like I'm doing with the podcast is to bring uh, nuance to the discussion about, you know, travel and, and, and destinations and, you know, restaurants, all, all, all of that. Right. So it's important to have diversity in opinion because it can be beneficial to someone. Somebody might agree with you or somebody might not agree with you, but they might see some merit in some of the argument. And it's all in an effort to help, right? I think I feel like I'm doing that kind of work where I'm helping people. I, I like to help people. Service is my love language. So I, 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 my intention, so to make it a little more plain, my I have intentions to... Uh, help people with making a decision about going to Cartagena. And if you're asking me if I liked it or not, I thought it was okay. It's not my favorite place, right? But I don't think it's bad. And Steph and I had a great time there, to be perfectly honest. And I don't think I ever really want to go back. But I don't think it's a bad place. And I understand why people enjoy going there because it is a place that's unique. Uh, the, 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 the walled city is beautiful. Um, there are things about it that stand out. But I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> it's, it's the things that I didn't like about it or the things that uh, 
the reasons, and I think I have about four of them, the reasons that I don't really ever want to go back. So the first reason, it's probably the biggest reasons. The biggest reason, not not reason. And that's the beach. The beach. The beach, no bueno. <laughs> the, the beach ain't good, y'all. And I'm talking about the beach in Cartagena. In Cartagena City proper, the beach. And I didn't realize that before. You know, I, I do research. Like, I advise people about where to travel in the world. And three years ago, Cartagena was kind of this new place that people were going so my assumption the thing that i assumed about cartagena was that there the beach right it's this country in south america that kind of have a, a caribbean sensibility to it it's got spanish the spanish influence the well let's just call it the colonization, right? These places were colonized by, the, by Spain and probably a number of other European countries at some time. But it's going to have similar architecture to San Juan and Havana and Santo Domingo, those, those kind of places, those, those kind of vibes, that coastal Spanish colonization aesthetic, if you will. I just made that up. If you like that, I, I, I just made it up. Give me credit for that term. If you use it again. <laughs> but yeah, those are the vibes. That was the impression. So I thought it was going to have an outstanding beach. And, and yes, and I, I did research because we'd set up or we had discussed rather to spend a day at the beach. But I noticed that all of the advertisements for the beaches were away from the city. You either have to get on a boat. Most of the time, you have to get on a boat. And I, I did, a, you know, as a side note, I did a podcast about how we almost died. Yes. I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm still unpacking the levels of trauma from that experience. I don't even look at boats the same. I don't even want to get on a boat anymore after that experience. But anyway, you have to get on a boat, a speedboat. Um, in this case, a speedboat. It wasn't like a yacht or like a ferry or anything like that it is a speedboat that's probably like docked at somebody's house right um but that's what you're taking to go out to these places and i believe there's a popular place or some popular places that people go um that you can take a bus to you get on the bus and but i heard those places are like I think it's where the locals go, but I hear that there's always entirely too many people there. Like it's a public beach. So you don't really you don't really get, you know, the chill vibes that you're going for. So anyway, yeah, the beaches in Cartagena are not good. We stayed in an Airbnb that was on the beach right outside the city. So we were probably about four or five miles outside of the walled city, right by the airport in a suburban enclave. Great Airbnb. The neighborhood was cool, but it was right on the beach. Our apartment, you know, we had oceanfront views. And when we pulled up, you know, the, when you get into the Airbnb and you're looking around and you're looking at the ocean, I noticed that people were not at the beach. I'm like, why is no one at the beach? I didn't see any umbrellas. 
there's just no activity. There were people kind of leisurely walking on the beach, but nothing was going on. So I thought, okay, maybe this is just some sort of fluke. But no, that's the way it is. Nobody goes to the beach, right? And I decided I would go down there. And I, and I can confirm why people don't go to the beach. Well, first of all, there's a where at least where I was, where I was, at least the area that I that we were staying at, there was a bad gnat infestation, right? Gnat, sand gnats everywhere. So you wouldn't be able to stand it. Um, and and didn't, I don't know how you treat a sand gnat infestation. I have no idea. Um, and apparently no one around there does either. Because the, the, the sand gnat situation was overwhelming. Um, they're just dogs, you know, walking around. I don't know if these were unhoused dogs or community dogs or I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but there were dogs or lots of dogs. And they weren't aggressive. You know, they were just walking around and then the minute that i arrived on the beach i was targeted i don't like to use the word targeted uh, excuse me that was a little burp sorry about that <laughs> um i wasn't targeted but out of nowhere three or four different vendors show up and they're offering me an umbrella. They're wanting to take my order for lunch because they had like a whole kitchen set up. I looked over to where the, in the direction that they came from and they had a whole kitchen set up. They were ready and they had chairs for me. And, and you know, they told me how much it was going to cost. And they didn't they didn't ask if if I was interested in this sort of, uh, you know, luxuriation and you know i i speak spanish i was able to tell them to go away but yeah so i mean that took 20 minutes because there were three or four different i'm gonna call them vendors i don't know if they were officially vendors or sanctioned by the city or had the you know proper credentials to be out there selling service and selling food to tourists uh I, i i don't know but yeah, so you had that going on, which I thought was weird. I'm like, well, who would want to sit out here and eat with all these gnats everywhere and the dogs? And yeah, and you can smell dog poo. The dogs were peeing on the beach as well. So uh, the beach is bad. And then I went to another side of the city. This side of the city looked kind it, it had Miami vibes, right? It looked like Miami or maybe even... If you ever been to Ipanema in Rio, something like that. But the water didn't look good over there and the coast was rocky. But there seemed to be more sort of like leisure activity going on on the beach. But, you know, not 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 a not an attractive beach option. I, I don't even know. I'm sure there were no tourists out there. So this is why you have to get on the boat. And this is why we found ourselves on the boat. And like I said, I've already talked about that experience in detail um, on a previous podcast. It, actually, I, I recorded it right after it happened. You know, 
I felt compelled to do so, uh, given the the PT the PTSD that we incurred and that we're still unpacking as we speak. Yeah, so the beaches, reason number one. And and we did go out, oh, before I close on the beach, we did we we did the excursion, you know, as I mentioned. And I don't even remember the name of it. There are like a thousand of these like day day beach party experiences. Some of them are on the, you know, obnoxiously loud with like, you know, fist pumping music and people are there to get drunk and, 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 you know, hang out at the beach. Uh, ours was more of a luxury option and there seemed to be more, uh, the age, the age group seemed to skew toward like thirties and forties, which, you know, worked out for us. And the experience there was okay. Like, you know, the only thing I didn't like about the experience is that it was on an island inhabited by uh, some Afro Afro Colombian people, and apparently they were given permission to sell their services and and um, goods and merchandise. I mean, they were selling they were selling pet rocks, y'all. They were selling anything they could, and they were very very desperate and aggressive particularly with us i think they saw that we were we were black folk too and they thought that we might be you know more sensitive to their plight in fact when i and i mentioned this on the other podcast there was one of the vendors and i told him we weren't interested we were just trying to relax and that if we needed them you know we would let them know so during the hour that they had access to us uh, they just kept walking around. And even though we told them, that was like, hey, look, thanks for coming by. Don't come by again. OK. And then you just I ended up having to get kind of aggressive. It was like, OK, don't come over here anymore for real. And I, I didn't want to be like that. But they were super, super aggressive. And finally, the one kid that, you know, I told not to come over, I told him not to come over, but he came over. And he was like, look, can you just give me ten dollars? <laughs> and when he said that to me. I was like, this sounds like a man that's desperate. And he was he was the guy that was selling the, the rocks, like these pet rocks. And I was like, well, I don't, you know, keep your rock. I don't I don't I don't want your rock. But I did. I gave him the ten dollars. Something something told me to give him the ten dollars. Something told me that he needed the ten dollars. I gave it to him, you know that was and that was the end of that you know i made the decision and i gave it to him and i don't even know if he said thank you he just kind of took the money and ran off i remember but what was weird about that when they were told to leave that their hour was up they moved to this area that was beside where we were all sitting in our chairs and they were just staring at us and they they wouldn't cross the 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 yeah there was a fence i believe actually they were behind the fence but they were just staring at us and it was really awkward for us like it was hard to enjoy yourself when you know every time you looked over you had like 20 pair of eyes and there were children 
some of them were children. Most of them were children. They were just sort of looking at you. The food, the food there was okay. Uh, the the water, the water was blue. So this is this is where the the blue cerulean colored water that you would probably see in some sort of marketing ad for Cartagena. Uh, this this is this is what that water looked like there. And the and this was in the Rosario Islands, the Islas Rosarios. Water was good. It was warm. But the problem is that when you entered the ocean, it was rocky. So there's like all this like coral and seashells with sharp edges um, pointing upward. Right. Targeting your feet. So you had to be very, very careful. Thankfully, the water was clear enough where you could look down and you could see where you were walking. But. You know, and it wouldn't hurt to put some signage up to let people know like how rocky it was. So it wasn't the most pleasurable experience going into the water. I mean, once you found a place that was sort of rock, rockless, um, you know, where you weren't worried about splitting your feet wide open, um, you know, it, it was pretty cool. But yeah, that's why everybody's going to the beach clubs is because the beach in Cartagena sucks. So the number two thing that I didn't like about Cartagena, the sun. (laughs) Sounds like a stupid complaint, right? It's too hot. Good God. I've been to some hot places. I was raised in Houston, Texas, my childhood anyway. Houston, Texas, between Houston, Texas and Atlanta, Georgia, spent most of my life living in uh, a place that's affectionately known as Hot Atlanta. And by the way, don't ever, ever say Hot Atlanta to a person from Atlanta. Um, they might not talk to you or they're probably going to think less of you. But I don't I don't think that I mean, it was like a failed 90s marketing campaign. But I don't think anybody says Hot Atlanta anymore unless they're like really old. I think younger folks say ATL, which is, you know, perfectly acceptable. But again, um, I don't know how to put this in words, too. But the intensity of the sun um, was is unparalleled. Um, I've never experienced I've been too hot and humid places, and I don't recall Cartagena being particularly humid, but the intensity of the sun, you know, I don't know what kind of skin damage (laughs) the experience caused, Um, and I don't really have any, like, proof of it now, but... You know, I did get a real, you know, I'm a dark skinned black man and I got a very, very aggressive tan. I mean, of course we can tan, um, but the skin tore me up. I ain't going to lie. The skin tore, the sun tore my skin up and then it was hard to escape. You couldn't escape. Thankfully, most places, I mean, it's an old place, right? From the 15, 1400s. Uh, but most places have some sort of air conditioning. I mean, it's, you know, obligatory. Uh, in a place, this center of the sun kind of heat uh, that was, you know, punishing and oppressive. 
you know, you just didn't want to do anything. And, it, and, and especially it's, it's a place where people walk and they stroll around, particularly in the walled city, you know, to, to, to commune with the vibes of the walled city. But it's too damn hot. You don't want to do anything. You don't feel motivated to walk around because the sun is so intense. And the entire time we tried to go on a stroll and it was even later in the day, and we were very uncomfortable the entire time. It was hard. It was we couldn't adjust. And again, we're we're Southern people. We are Southern people. True and true. I, I know about hot weather, but this is different. This was different. I you know, I've been to Miami. I've been to I've been to some warm places in my life. And this was, this heat is a clap, this, the sun, the way that the sun burns your skin, it even felt different. Like, I was looking at my skin, just waiting for it to turn into leather, right? I, or, or, or sort of burn. <laughs> like, you're checking your skin just to, and, and when I say burn, I'm not talking about sunburn, like, you know, with flames and stuff, right? Um... And you had all kind of wacky ideas. I don't know. Maybe it was like making us delusional. I, I, don't, I don't know what was going on. But the, the sun was just, it was interfering with the experience. I think that's what you can glean from this uh, conversation about the sun. It really interfered with our ability to do things. And even when we went to the beach club and, you know, we, we tried to find a tree. I remember there was a lot of discussion about, we spent 15 minutes figuring out where we were going to sit. We wanted sun, but we didn't want to like, you know, become burn victims. We didn't want that either. So maneuvering in Cartagena um, because of the sun was quite a challenge. And like I said before, it kind of interfered with our ability to enjoy it. And I think, you know, that's an important thing. I don't think anybody talks about it. And some people might not care, but, you know, and I don't, and I don't even think that I'm that sensitive. Like I said, I'm not sensitive to the sun, but I, I, it was hot. And we were there in October. And I do believe that it was, you know, it's not below the equator. So it was the same season. So it was still fall. Anyway. Yeah. I, I think this is something people would want to know. I would want to know this if, you know, I was going to Cartagena for the first time. The third reason that I don't like Cartagena. And again, I want to be very careful and precise about the, the characterization um, you know, that I'm going to use. I understand why people, vendors, um, unhoused people, you know, I, I, I get why they need to be aggressive and I understand the incentive that they may have to want to take advantage of the fact that it's you know there are a lot of tourists there there are a lot of people that are there are people that are getting off cruise ships there are people that are flying in to spend time in, uh, as tourists in Cartagena 
Uh, so there's, you know, definitely a leisure market. And I think it's rather new, right? Well, the, the market has expanded. I think it's always been a tourist destination. Um, but I, I feel like there's, it's expanded, right? And there, there are more people that are visiting from other parts of the world. So I get why people might want to take advantage of people because, uh, hold on, let me, that's not what I meant to say. Take advantage of the fact that there are so many tourists uh, in the area because they know that tourists are there to spend money and they're going to spend money you know when you're on vacation you're going to spend money liberally you're there to have a good time and you're there to have uh, a, a great experience so my beef with Cartagena is that once again just to give you some context I've been to some places I've I've seen places with poverty I wouldn't say that Cartagena seemed to be an impoverished place, um, but I also know that it's not, um, by and large, a wealthy place, and people face grim economic realities. But, and I'm saying all that to say, and, that, and, and I'm trying to explain why I, I understand I'm sensitive to it. Um, I'm not offended by it but like the issue with the heat and the sun the aggressive vendor culture was another way uh, that we weren't able to enjoy our experience like it was interfering with our ability to enjoy our experience for sure i remember just walking into a grocery store we took a cab to go to a grocery store to get some things for the airbnb and the moment that i got out of the car uh this this man makes a beeline over to me this young man and he has a he starts waving a binder in my face and he's telling me something about a party and i tried to ignore him and i remember looking for stephanie and she was on the other side of me and we were walking and we never stopped walking we never we never broke stride i never made eye contact with him but that did not stop him from walking in front of us and i told him that i wasn't interested and you should have seen the can't really explain the disgust on this man's face like i it looked like i had cursed his mother on mother's day like there was a there was almost a rage on his face, um, and you know I'm like man is it can't be that serious I'm sure somebody's told you no, um, but I, I I had the impression that he thought that he could sell it to me, and I was the type of person that would buy it, and it was a like a bus party you know one of those like party buses where they drive you around which is not even like our style, like one bit. But yes, every, uh, everywhere else we found ourselves in Cartagena, we encountered the same thing. You know, there was always someone in your face either asking for money or trying to sell you a excursion or a package. And, you know, and I'll segue to my next point, um, which they were like all the same packages 
they were literally the same excursions, uh, which were like sunset cruises and the, you know, the boat rides to spend the day at the beach. Uh, and maybe like a food tour. But those were basically the same packages they were uh, trying to get you to sign up for. And I understand this is the way I would imagine these jobs are commission based. This is how people make their money. Um, so that's also this other added sort of pressure. Um, but, yeah, I uh, hated that part of the experience. Just not being able to be present in in the day because you spent time shooing people away from you. Now, this kind of segues to my next point. The other thing I didn't like about Cartagena or about our experience, there wasn't anything to do. Like how many you're not going to sunset cruise me to death. I don't want to I don't want to go to so apparently they have great bars. Now they do have an outstanding dining scene there's some great fine dining there there's some great casual dining there as well uh it was my first time no one how come no one ever told me about the gl- the glory of eating coconut rice so i had coconut rice at this restaurant called la mulata so if you do um decide to go to cartagena or if you've already been and you go back go to la mulata it's in the the walled city and they have some some really outstanding dishes. There's also a restaurant called Selele, which is the celebrated top 50 restaurant, top 50 in the world restaurant. Um, I actually had a client go to Selele and uh, him and his partner uh, spoke very highly of it. Um, and he's, you know, basically told me, believe the hype about it because it's really good. And I think they use a lot of uh, locally sourced things and maybe there's a emphasis on like organic um, ingredients but they said it was all that but yeah I don't think there's anything to do there you know again those those excursions that I mentioned um, you know you, you want to walk around but it's so hot right and there's someone in your face trying to sell something to you all the time you know it's just I don't know. It's just hard to find something fun to do. Now, you got to get creative. And, I, you know, I have no aversion to getting creative about, you know, vacation and all that. But, it, yeah, there's just, there's just wasn't nothing to do, y'all. I know some people are going to get offended by that because they said, you know, I had a wonderful time. I'm glad. I, I, I love that for you. I love that for you. I'm happy that you were able to have a good time. But for me, and again, I'm speaking from the lens of a 40-something-year-old married man. And we have, as a couple, we look for different... We, might, we look for things that might be different from, from most people. But what we did, we did something cool, though. We did volunteer. And I encourage people to volunteer if you can. We volunteered at an English school where we got to meet up or we got to uh, lead a discussion, a dial- uh, conversational discussion with college seniors at a local university who are about to enter the workforce and they are dedicated to improving their English, right? So being able to, we, we know why being able to speak English in a global, uh, in this global market is 
beneficial and advantageous. So we went and hung out and we got to meet some really sweet kids that I think we're still social media friends with um, presently. And we, you know, they like our pictures. We like their pictures. So we're still uh, in contact, uh, if you will. But yeah, it was, it was a wonderful experience to be able to hang out and to get to know these kids and to talk about them, to talk about them, to talk with them about their future and, you know, a little bit about Colombia and, you know, it's, it's probably the highlight of the trip for me. So let me see. So we talked about the beach. <coughs> Excuse me. We talked about the beach. We talked about the aggressive vendors. We talked about how there's like nothing to do. Um, yeah, I think those are my big reasons. Those are the big reasons. And again, we had we had fun. And I'm sure if you go, you'll have fun. It's not a bad place, but it's not it's not one of my favorite places. And I I wanted to provide some criticism about Cartagena because I kind of feel like people everybody speaks about it in these sort of glowing terms and and people do that you know we romanticize our vacations and people are very protective of you know and defensive about you know the places that they've gone they don't really want people to uh, cast any sort of negativity over their experience. And that's what I'm doing. I'm just offering some criticism about a place that I think is just okay. And it's completely, you know, I only have one other city that I feel kind of meh about, and that's Rome, Italy. And maybe I'll do a podcast about that. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this podcast. It was nice chatting with you. And I will talk to you the next time I do a podcast. Bye.